and welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Anthony Macon. And I'm Braden Sharp. We are beginning our podcast by discussing Yellowstone. This may be sort of an odd start for Brandon and I because I'm not sure either of us would say it's our favorite show currently on television. Neither is it our favorite kind of show necessarily. But it is a show that has become wildly popular and it's a fitting start to our podcast because it was during our discussion of Yellowstone that Brandon and I began discussing this podcast. This show serves as a great example of what we're trying to solve, because one of the most popular TV shows on the modern landscape is not housed on one of the up-and-coming streaming services, and it isn't on one of the major networks. But the little show that could built its following on the, as far as I knew before, unknown network called the Paramount Network. The show follows the struggle of the Dutton family, who own the largest ranch in Montana, called the Yellowstone. John Dutton, played by Kevin Costner, is trying to preserve his family's legacy and perhaps more fundamentally just keep his family business solvent. But he continually faces conflicts from developmental interests in the area and a nearby native reservation. As I said, it first aired on the Paramount Network in June 2018. To this point, there have been four seasons, the most recent season having just concluded. It's worth noting, though, the first three seasons are available to watch on Peacock. Currently, the fourth season can only be seen on the Paramount Network, which is not to be confused with Paramount Plus. But the episodes of the fourth season were originally broadcast on Paramount Network and CMT. I mention all that because it really has been somewhat of a dance to watch this show, but despite that, the season four premiere had about 8 million live viewers, and the season four finale had about 10 million viewers which is almost three times the size of Mad Men's series finale, and it's right on par with the finale of Breaking Bad. It has already been renewed for season five, and one of its creators, Taylor Sheridan, has about 30 spinoff shows airing now or in the works. So let's dig into Yellowstone. Brandon, what drew you in about Yellowstone? What made you start watching the show in the first place? Well, I don't want to name drop, but I went to school, high school, with Luke Grimes, who plays Casey Dutton. Mm. And he was a year older than me at Dayton Christian. And we weren't besties or anything, so I'm not going to act like I, you know, am too big for my britches here. But I was very intrigued about him being in a show with Kevin Costner, who I love from all of his sure. baseball movies. Yeah. And, you know, he's just a, a an actor I admire. So I was I was very intrigued by that. He hadn't done anything too big before. I think he was in American Sniper with Bradley Cooper, but this was this seemed to be like his most significant role to date. So that's what drew me in initially. Had you been following him or how, so sort of how did you hear about him in this show or this show together because it's on a network that is not you've never seen anything else on this network, so right. No, how did how'd you hear about it? Yeah, I will periodically check in to see what he's yeah, working cool. on, and yeah, just kind of lightly follow his career. I mean, it makes total sense. Somebody goes off to Hollywood sure. from your yeah, they yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. I I remember the way I heard. I don't remember who told me about the show, but it was certainly a rumor mill type show. Hey, you should check this out. Yeah, um, but the rumor mill is not what grabbed me and pulled me into the show. 
I remember the first time I tuned in, I was, I was just sort of like an outdoor fanatic or whatever, you know, I don't know, outdoor enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And the first time I tuned in just the, it was like, it was like outdoor porn for me, like just shot really well, but also just the views of basically Yellowstone national park and the surrounding areas. It was just like, yeah. I mean, they really take advantage of it, which we can talk about in a little bit, but it was just the, I barely even cared about what the plot was. It's just like good scenery in the background. It was just like really, really brought me in. They could have been doing anything in the background. So once I saw some of those first shots, I was sort of hooked on whatever this thing was I was about to watch. Yeah, it is a gorgeous show. I love that the whole thing is shot on location. I mean, it oh, really yeah. Yeah. does just give it that extra gravitas that really sets it apart from other shows. Yeah, Brandon, talk a little bit more about our classifications and then where do we classify this particular one? I kind of tried to work up a little bit of a hierarchy. And keep in mind, these things aren't, you know, one's not better than the other. This is just how I decided to stack this up. But maybe on the base level, you have like your soundstage sitcoms, you know, great stuff, but low, low budget. You know, if you want to look too hard, you know, it's on a set. Uh, yes, if you, exactly. If you start thinking the grass about isn't it. really yeah. grass. Right, yes. right, yeah. On top of that, you have like maybe your on location sitcoms and then something like Ted Lasso or Schitt's Creek came to mind. Clearly a bigger budget. After that, I think I feel like you would have maybe your network dramas, which was my bread and butter for a long time. That's Mm -hmm. shows like The West Wing, shows like House. On top of that, premium dramas. And this is this is where we're getting into like the newsroom succession, like your HBO, like your really good quality Almost could be cinematic quality. Mm -hmm. The only reason I would maybe put those a rung below my next category would be like the use of CGI for like your, your, Mm -hmm. like the last level would be like the cinematic quality, like Band of Brothers. They could be movies, you know, they're really huge production. The money was basically identical to a, you know, a movie budget, just huge pictures. That was awfully long winded, but that's kind of my hierarchy of media content and as far as yellowstone goes i would put it in like a four like a premium drama clearly a big budget so i would definitely put it up there almost at the top and again that's not quality wise like fours aren't better than ones they're just different the only way i would differentiate is maybe like just budget wise they just spend more money i think a one a, a sitcom done on a soundstage could be an elite show like a seinfeld yeah. Great show. And Absolutely, it's one of my yeah. favorite shows. It's not worse than a show that spends a lot of money on things. It's just different. So this is more based on like the style of show or like the budget. Yeah. I think that uh, this is an interesting example because it is like you mentioned, it's an on location shoot. So I think that ultimately saves them money, but it does just look really, really good. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really hard to even guess at how much their budget actually is, especially being on a smaller network, but it, it, it doesn't matter. It looks, looks really good. All right. So Brandon, the characters of Yellowstone are pretty popular. The content of memes and the content of social media posts. And especially I'm a new fan of TikTok. I'll be honest with you. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a new fan of TikTok. And one of the TikTok (laughs) jokes is, uh, me after watching Yellowstone for one day and, and me after watching Yellowstone for one week and me after watching Yellowstone for one month. And you know, you're the way they dress and the way they talk 
progresses toward, toward all the characters on the show, but there's pretty much a, a way that the characters on this show act. Is there anyone yeah. that stands out to you? I would like to talk about Cole Hauser who plays Rip Wheeler for a minute. Yes. And I don't know if I would say his acting is amazing, yeah. but he so more than anyone else embodies, except maybe Kevin Costner, John Dutton, he just embodies the Rip Wheeler character. Like he is yeah. for now and forever Rip to me. And I've seen him on plenty of things. You know, he was in Goodwill Hunting and and honestly, just kind of based on some of the other things I've seen him in, you know, and and seeing his performance now, he has Based totally confused. Yeah, he is he has totally transformed himself into this rugged Western cowboy. And I mean, yeah, either I, that, either that, or he's doing a great job playing the character. Yeah, absolutely, and that's probably it. But I just feel like he really draws you in. I think that him more than almost anybody, other than like John Dutton, has been able to draw me in and really make me care about his character. And there's ways I think that you, Rip is one of the people on the show that you really want to be. Yeah. Um, you yes. want to be the kind of guy that Rip is. You want to be as tough as Rip is. You want to be as loyal as Rip is. He's definitely a character that you hold up on a pedestal and say, that's the sort of person. Where there's other characters where you see their demons like laying out in front of you and you're like, oh, that, that, yeah. that person yeah. doesn't do as well. I think um, that's actually a good point. Everything about him is right out in front. There's never ulterior motives. That's what I'm trying to say is every, yeah. everything he is loyal to the ranch. He's loyal to John and you know exactly where you stand with him. I think that is what makes him so compelling yeah. in kind of this world of deception and subterfuge. Rip is one of the few honest characters. Yeah. And oh, honesty is actually something we could talk about here in a second. I think like who's being honest in this show, that sort of deal. It's, it sort of plays with morality quite a bit. I, but as we stay on the topic of acting, I mm -hmm. think Kevin Costner is obviously, like you said, classic. We already know he's a good actor and you mm -hmm. already know that you know, he's going to pull you into the story. I do think it's funny this show, especially where this is one of those examples of you change your voice just a touch and it's like, just add a yeah. little, uh, hey there, <laughs> some add rasp. A little, yeah. Rasp to it. And it's like, you're, is that acting? <laughs> just changing your voice a little bit. Um, uh, I love it and, though. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It's, but sometimes I'm thinking you don't even need the rasp. You could just be, you know, you could be Kevin Costner. And like, fine. how's your throat holding up, man? Oh yeah. That's got, cause hurt. that hurts. Yeah. I've done it. I've tried to <laughs> yeah. do a little John Dutton before I do a pretty good John Dutton and, and it hurts. It hurts to talk like that all the time. I'm curious about what the story, what's how the story compels you to need to change your voice in that way. Mm -hmm. Is he like always in pain or is he just trying to sound <laughs> yeah. different than uh, the, the dude from field of dreams? Like, is that what, is is it a, is it an acting choice or is it just like a way to sound slightly different than you did before? I think he's supposed to embody this hardened, weathered character, and I'm sure that's that was an acting choice on his yeah. part. But yeah, I think it I think it works for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the characters, like you said, Casey. Um, I I enjoy Casey a lot. I don't know that I would. So, I did another funny thing I've seen about the characters is it shows pictures of like Cole Hauser, for example, Cole Hauser, like how he looks in real life. And then yeah. all of a sudden you dress him up in a duster or whatever, and he's the sexiest man alive. Uh, <laughs> but if, if you saw him on the street, you would think he was repulsive. It's just like, 
there's something, there's some magic in, not repulsive, Cole, I'm sorry, but uh, there's some magic in the show that makes these guys especially attractive to everyone just because of the setting. And so that's, that's very interesting too. I don't think it's out of line to say cowboys are sexy. I mean, I grew up wanting to be one and there's a something that draws you in about a cowboy. I mean, the whole package, it's attractive. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, anybody else stick out for you? There, there's actually a whole, I know. You're just going to leave me hanging out on that limb by myself. I okay. said yes. I said yes, I agree with you, but I'm also trying to normalize it. I, I'm feeling like, lonely, the more, though. Just, but, I'm not, but I'm not like ripping on you about it. I agree with you. That's nice. But I feel you. like, I, I don't want to sound over generous. It'll be like I'm making it up. So okay. I'm, I'm here with you. I agree. All That's right. the right thing. And now we move on because that was the truth. There's no Alrighty. reason to make a meal out of it. So there's a whole bunkhouse of other allegedly cowboys. Do you have a problem with any of them? Do they hit you correctly? I do have a problem with one character, and I hate <laughs> that I am going to say this because it's going to make me sound terrible. But I think Monica is a terrible the, the I think it's her performance is pretty bad. And it's I feel like I could work a little harder and maybe not single out the only native american woman in the main cast oh, i mean but yeah her performance on a weekly basis bothers me and that's why i feel like it's worth bringing up i don't think you need to be insecure about that i don't think she's i okay. don't think she's right. great either and you're distinguishing like i actually think that could be a very important character to the show the the actual character and and sure. we're just saying the acting leaves a little bit to be desired and I don't know if it's the writing we'll we'll get into that in a second but she's very finicky in her emotion and I I don't think that character would be that way right um, yeah. I, yeah so I don't know if that's writing or acting or what she could be stronger than she's she is on the on the screen there's so well written characters on this show so unless they literally just fell apart when they came to her character which could be true. I don't know that I don't know that it is true though. I feel like there is room for her to be a good character. She's been given lots to do. I feel like that's what I'm trying to say. And I don't know that she's capitalized every time. I don't know. There's something I'd like to jump to and I want to okay. ask you while we're talking about characters about writing. I'm going to say this poorly when I'm talking about writing, but do you feel like the writing in the show is good? <laughs> So it, I guess it depends on what we're talking about. I, I would say the the dialogue works for me as far as like a bunch of Western guys and, you know, a, a Montana town. I don't feel like it's going to be, you know, New York snappy. But I think if we maybe shift gears from dialogue over into story, I would say that the show has struggled. I think finding yeah. its fourth season legs and I'm nervous about fifth season Mm -hmm. I think it I think it started off really strong, but I think you'll see if you watch the show that there is some repetitiveness to the story. And, you know, the whole premise is John Dutton and his family trying to hold on to their ranch. And it goes from very compelling to a little repetitive. You know, yep. they obviously add other facets in, but I think you'll see that. The show needs to do some work in season five, I think, and it, it needs to instill confidence in its fans again. Um, yeah, I think that's really well said. As I remember back to the beginning, it was very well written at the beginning. And I would almost say it's just gone downhill 
and I, I don't want to use the word lazy in an insulting way, but maybe the word easy or like we, we have a lot of easy writing, a lot of, some of it is repeating storylines, but then some of it is just like easy solutions to conflict. Like let's get a conflict, let's resolve it. And there's not a lot extra in there. It's, it's, it's gotten a little more formulaic in the way that it solves problems and, and brings up problems. And I think it's worth noting that there is a cohesiveness in the first and second and even third season that were that we really didn't see in the fourth season. Uh, the fourth season, I feel like we saw a lot of competing storylines mm. and not a lot of things working together. And that it it did not work for me the way some of the earlier stuff did work for me. I feel like you get little bits that you like each episode, but basically every story, there was like four story. Some episodes would every story would get like two scenes, two extended yes. scenes. Yeah. And they, they weren't really working together. And I miss that because I think that is one of the things this show really had going for it was the strength of the characters and them working together and everyone's yeah the community. Yeah. The community, everyone's problems were the, like every, you know, the family's problems, you know, they took every everything in, everyone was working together us first them. And it, we just didn't see that a lot in season four. Okay, so Brandon, we're obviously torn about this show, especially yep. now, uh, but I, d I don't think we were in the first place. I'm trying to figure out exactly how we can talk about what's happened here. So if I'm thinking back, I remember season one, season two, even a lot of season three, but season three is when it started to turn. I was in love with it, season one, in love yep. with it, season two. Season three, I sort of like, uh-oh, what's going on here? And then season four, I got it. I got to the point where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to continue watching this show. I mean, I'm sure I will, I guess, but it, yeah. it, maybe it'll be less important to me. Is that where you are or have you fallen less than I have? I'm not where you are. I am. I'm committed to this show. And I think that's actually a good point. Depending on how the first couple seasons catch you. I feel like you will fall in love with this show, it, it, especially if it interests yeah. you at all. I feel like you will, it will draw you in. You will fall in love. And I do feel like it will do enough for you to keep you coming back in, in the fourth season and then checking out, you know, when we have, whenever we get the fifth season, I do feel like the show does enough for you early on to keep you coming back. So I'm not ready to bail yet. I think fourth season was a problem. It was definitely a problem. Um, there was a lot that they, um, a lot of directions they went, they went too many directions, you know, that's the point. Uh, so I feel like they've got a lot of work to do. I think they can do it. They got to just, they got to bring it back. They got to centralize the story around, you know, a couple of plots and, um, go from there. Yeah. I think there's, um, it, it does actually sort of get into like, why do you watch a show like this? And perhaps we mm -hmm. do that for different, different reasons. Um, what, and, one of my favorite things in, in TV shows is sort of exploring moral or ethical issues sort of in, in an interesting way. Um, and I, I felt like early on this show did that in a, in a very interesting way. 
especially in that I don't think I'm giving anything away here, but we have, so, you know, there's like, as I mentioned before, there's a native population nearby. Then we have like, we're in the Yellowstone national park area, like just, you know, right off in the private land sector next to that. And so obviously it's a beautiful part of the country. So we have some development uh, that wants to come in and, and build up. And so we have this conflict going between these things. I feel like earlier on in the, in the show, it focused a little more on this, this, interaction between this private landowner, John Dutton and the native population around. Obviously there's the question of who had this land in the first place. And then you stop me if I'm getting too deep into spoilers, but Casey and his wife, they are emerging of these two worlds. Yes. And that that's what's I found that so I find that so interesting. They're obviously battling that merging. And um what does that mean? We've both sort of given up part of our family identities to be together. That creates all sorts of conflicts. It also creates interesting connections between the native population and the Dutton Ranch and like how they interact because two of their own have it's a Romeo and Juliet type idea. So all of that I think has it interesting elements. And they really, for me, they like left that in the dust in many ways. Now there was some of that in season four, but it was for whatever reason, it wasn't as interesting. Maybe it was good because they weren't doing as good of a job with it actor. I don't know what it was, but that conflict is just not as around as much. And we've rehearsed the developmental interest coming in and that just sort of keeps happening in different ways. Yeah. We solved that problem. Now we have the same thing happening again. It's just, it's becoming uninteresting to me. But, but for me, that's what I'm saying is like the, the most interesting part to me is they just turned a different direction, which is obviously their choice, but it's what drew me in, in the first place. They've sort of left that it seems. So does that resonate with you at all? Or like, why do you watch this show? What compels you about this show? There's a wildness to this show. that I am just very intrigued by. I think it is almost a modern Western. In fact, it it is a modern Western show. And I think something about that just wild, uh, how the West was one type show really resonates with me. I think a lot of people resonate with you and your sentiment on the relationship between Casey and Monica. I feel like the show writers know that. And I think they tried to do something with that this season. And I think it fell on its face a little bit. So basically without giving too much away season three, there there wasn't a lot of conflict between Casey and Monica and they were kind yeah. of settled, you know, there things were, there wasn't the two worlds pulling them apart. Like they were being pulled apart real early on. And, and I feel like the show was like, we need to stir that back up and you know, surely she wouldn't be okay with kind of the way they've ended up here. So I think they maybe just got a little stir crazy and felt like they needed to stir that story back up. That bothered me. You know, I, I felt like it almost became distracting because to me, those were some of the most out of place scenes in the whole season. And I don't know, it was an interesting choice. I can't say I would have done anything better, but I, I just feel like, um, if we need that ball to always be in the air, they need to find better ways to do it. Actually, I love your description there. And it's, it's maybe the other half of what I was trying to say. Um, and you just said it really well, but the, the wildness of the show. And yeah. I think in more, in more ways than just Casey, the wildness has disappeared because I'm well, <laughs> once again, I don't want to spoil too much. I don't think I am with this, but almost every episode in season four, we had a, a full country song play 
with horses sliding across the screen <laughs> for five minutes. And, like, I don't know what in the world happened to this show, but I don't need to see that stuff. And that it's like rodeo horses. Sli- like that's, that's not what we, that's not what I signed up for in the first place. Like, I, I just feel like we got into a different territory and I don't know what in the world happened and that's fine, but that's so where this I'm is like, going to be, this is going to sound like I'm coming out of left field, but because some of the main storylines had taken such a downturn, I ended up looking forward to the horse stuff every week and the story with Jimmy. And I know we've talked and, and <laughs> Jimmy's <laughs> yeah. not your favorite character, but I'll well, say, I think sense, it has right? to do with the way the other stories have really fallen off a cliff, you sure. know, and I don't know why, but some of the, the rodeo stuff. And I think I also really love horses and I think that's cool to me. Other than that, I would say it's because some of the main, like the meat and potatoes of this show, those storylines have, have taken a downturn. Yeah. And I don't, I can buy that. The, it's just like, if, but the, if that's where it's going, I'm just not sure. Oh, I'm, I agree. I'm not sure that's what I'm interested in. I'm not going to want it forever, but I'm just saying right now, like I, I was no, yeah, interested I by saying. some of that. Yeah. It's so. uh, just talking about you bringing up Jimmy is an interesting, we should point out that as far as I think we understand it at this point, the co-creator Taylor Sheridan has several other shows in development. One that I think most people know about is 1880. Is it three? 1883. Yes. And that's sort of the prequel to this show and how the Duttons got their land in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, if you did watch season four, then, you know, Jimmy went off for a little bit to a different place. Uh, the four sixes ranch. And that is going to be a show as well. Um, and so it might just be as easy as there's too many balls in the air for this media conglomerate of Taylor Sheridan, who also developed mayor of Kingstown. So he's got at least four shows up in the air right now. I don't need to comment on his, uh, work ethic or life choices, but it's just, um, (laughs) I'm, I'm just curious if this season where, where we're going felt a little bit more like we're putting together. It's almost like people voting on what they might like in a Western. And then we throw that in. So we got, we've got a little country music in there. We got some horses sliding across the screen and then we got, you know, we'll give you a little bit of the, the Casey conflict for, good measure but then also you know we're developing this whole universe of yeah there's a ranch down here doing some stuff too and that's going to be a part of the the universe and and there's you know we got to tell you where this came from and it's like well you had a little more work to do to get me going on this story in the first place before i care much about where it came from and where we're going and the whole the whole deal yeah i think that's a great point i think they spent way too much time setting up these other shows or the other these other spinoffs than they did developing the main storylines that got all of their viewers, got their their 10 million or whatever viewers there in the first place. I think the Four Sixes show could be good, but we don't need to see the whole first season side by side with yeah. what's happening on in Yellowstone. I think there was a very easy way, you know, to kind of just end Jimmy's story and just have it pick up with a new show. I don't feel like we had to, you know, keep stirring that back up. We see a lot of Jimmy down in, down in Texas. We, we see a handful of flashbacks for uh, the 1883 show. I don't think we needed any of this. You know, this isn't, these aren't the shows that we're watching. I'm also, I'm also just not sure why, if you had a story to tell, 
Why couldn't that be done within Yellowstone? I don't know why we're venturing outside of Yellowstone to tell these. This, these other shows aren't different enough. Well, the one is 100 years earlier or whatever. But why did we have to venture outside of Yellowstone to tell these stories? Why can't they just be told within this universe? I, I don't see the benefit, really. I'm not sure what yeah. they're trying to do. I don't know. It just does feel like they are they spent a lot of time setting up these other shows within the Yellowstone show. And that means we get less of the characters that we love. So not not a great decision. Season four. I, the only thing I don't want to do here is leave everyone with a bad taste in their mouth. We're coming fresh off of season four. Yes. We've got all these things, you know, at the forefront of our minds right now. This is a great show. I love this show. I would recommend it across no the board. Season four fell short for us. That's I, that's I'm, not a deterrent, though, for me. Yeah, and I loved season at least one and two, probably three enough that yeah. I will give it. I'm going to give it another shot, and yeah. I, I think it's very, very possible. And I, I absolutely would recommend go go watch one and two. You'll probably get hooked, and then you'll be on the ride with us. Okay, so in our final segment on this show, we like to pitch something to each other that we know the other person hasn't seen. And I'll, Brandon, I'll pass it to you. Let you go first. What should I see that I haven't seen? You should definitely go and see Peaky Blinders. I'm sure okay. you've heard of it. Yes. It is kind of a turn-of-the-century British mafia story. Airs on the BBC, but Netflix quickly snatches up uh, the new seasons. It stars uh, Killian Murphy and a few other people. I'm, I know that there have been some deaths and a couple other things and I mean actual like actor deaths so I'm not sure what the newest season's going to look like but um it's more of that like crime family thing that I was uh talking about loyalty it it really is like a british mob type show anti-hero you know the unsavory protagonist mm. um very gritty and Killian Murphy is excellent in this show. So I would definitely check it out if I were you. Uh, this is more of a personal question, I guess, but why is it that you like the anti-heroes so much? You know, I don't know. I don't know, it, but oh, yeah, I have okay. found myself three, four, five shows deep into like these can just one of them after another, after another. And I don't know. I, I literally, I look for the, I Google shows like whatever I'm watching at the time and um, I end up watching another one. Something about them brings me in, and I don't know why. I, I really enjoy them. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I, I have suspected that I would like Peaky Blinders, but for whatever reason, I've never gotten into it. I think I watched a little bit of one, and it's not like I specifically remember I'm not going to watch this anymore. I just didn't, and so I, I'll definitely come back and check that out. For you, I would like to re recommend a, a little maybe... There is no conventional at this point because we're just starting, but a sort of an unconventional choice. I would like to recommend the documentary Free Solo, which is mm -hmm. on Disney Plus now at this point, and also combined with, uh, I don't know whether this is pronounced The Alpinist or The Alpinist, but there's a sort of documentary on Netflix called The Alpinist. Free Solo is quite a bit, I think, more popular than The Alpinist. And it follows Alex Honnold, who is attempting to free solo El Capitan. Okay. Free soloing is without a rope. Climb this thing without wow. a rope. 
And so it follows his journey to do that. And then The Alpinist is a similar story. And I just, I watched Free Solo several years ago, a couple years ago, maybe. I think early pandemic, I watched Free Solo. And then even just very recently, I watched The Alpinist. And these guys, these two guys, and turns out they were friends, but it basically, The Alpinist takes Free Solo and one-ups it because he's, he solos, but he does it on glaciers and stuff like that out in the freezing cold. Um, and so he's just, uh, just very, but there is something about these. You do not have to like climbing to really be inspired by these shows. Um, I, I, I can't even describe to you. Well, first of all, I've already mentioned because of this, because of Yellowstone that I really like the outdoors. So obviously you know, these shows have, are shot really well. They have beautiful views. It's, it's, it's all outdoors. There's compelling things about how these guys live, but there's also the courage of soloing in general and the mindset that these guys have to go into to go climb and, and just knowing there's just something about facing this climb where one mistake on the entire climb means you die. It's just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's sort of unbelievable. I know that seems like it might be a very specific story, but somehow like the commitment that they show to their craft and, and what they're doing, the perfection that they have to have is, is very inspiring. I think, especially for creative people, I don't know why I make that connection, but I I think especially for creative people, the, the passion and the, that's, that's how I took it. I was very inspired by these. So I highly recommend free solo and either the alpinist or the alpinist. I want to say Alpine, but I don't know. Um, I'd Mm. I'd say definitely check those out. I was very inspired by those. There's something captivating about watching elite performers in their field also. So uh, that sounds like something I would definitely enjoy. Yeah. And we don't even, uh, we don't even have like a gladiator type situation anymore where ever, like we don't have very, we watch elite athletes and stuff like that all the time, but we don't have everything is on the line here. Like we just don't have very many stories where, where everything is on the line. So that that's certainly an element of this where it's like, yeah, you watch him be elite, but also there's no room for error at all. show. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and you haven't already, please take a minute to rate and review our podcast. We would really appreciate it. Also hit that subscribe button. So you are notified the minute we release new content. Lastly, the good show Facebook group is up and running. We would love to chat with you and hear your opinions on our episodes. Also, maybe we said something that you don't quite agree with. Maybe you have something to add. We welcome the discussion again. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.